This is the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast brought to you by Self-Care for Teachers, helping you prioritize your health, happiness and well-being so that you can thrive in the classroom and in life. I'm your host, Ellen Ronalds Keane, reminding you that you're a person first and a teacher second and you are allowed to look after you. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast. Welcome to Season 8. Welcome to 2021. Ooh, what a year it's already been, hey? Uh, so I am sharing with you today the um, audio from an Instagram live that I did on the 15th of January, 2021, and it's all about the difference between proper preparation and planning as a teacher and the glorification of overwork that we have got a little bit of in our education culture, in our professional culture. And this has come from, you know, the conversation that happens every year on the Teachergram and in Facebook groups in January, um, or I'm sure if you're in other parts of the world, probably in August, whenever your summer holidays are happening, this conversation around should you or should you not do work in the school holidays? And this year, I feel like, and I've I've been connecting with a bunch of you, particularly on Instagram because I'm hanging out there a lot at the moment, connecting with a, a lot of you who are seeing the same thing, that it seems to have intensified this year and there seems to be a whole lot more judgment being thrown around from both sides of that argument. And so, this is my response to that, basically. Uh, but being that it was an Instagram live, not the most perfect audio, uh, and obviously it's live, so there's some uh, a little bit of interaction with the audience, although I tried to keep a little bit of interaction with the audience, but uh, it's a really listenable audio. I made sure of that before I'm posting it here. And so, before we get to the episode, I want to share a little bit about what's going on at Self-Care for Teachers this month that you uh, might be interested in. So, you may or may not remember if you've been following me for more than 12 months, hopefully you will, that this time last year, this time in 2020, I hosted an online event, a five-day workshop series that changed a lot for me here at Self-Care for Teachers. It changed a lot of my, or putting that event together was part of changing of my thinking around resilience. And that, that event was called Teacher Wellbeing and Resilience, What Every Teacher know, Needs to Know for 2020. And at the time, we were heading back to school here in Australia after a summer of terrible bushfires. But we had no idea, obviously, what 2020 was going to bring in terms of challenges and disruptions on so many levels. And I can't believe how prescient that content actually turned out to be, you know, in terms of what I was teaching around the importance of proactive, prepared resilience. So, not resilience as an afterthought, but resilience as a a proactive strategy, not something that we wait until after the event has happened for us to start thinking about how do we be resilient. So, this time last year, I, I wrote about that event that, you know, I knew that 2019 had been tough for many teachers. There was a lot of challenges. There are a lot of challenges facing us as a profession. The job is getting harder, not easier. And we were going back to school after that summer of unprecedented natural disaster, um, which obviously also has a flow and effect on our classrooms and our school communities. And I said that now is not the time to be complacent about your well-being and resilience. It's time to be proactive. I want 2020 to be different for you. I want you to make it to the end of the year with something left in the tank and to not feel so burnt out. 
Even more than that, I want you to enjoy your life and work this year and have the energy to do the things that you want to do both personally and professionally. Just reading that back, I'm like, well, (laughs) if only we knew what was coming, right? And if 2019 was tough, then I think we can safely say that 2020 really upped the ante. And so far, 2021 looks to be uh, no different. So heading into this school year, I again am going to be sharing some of that content. I've kind of uh, reworked it and this time it's in the form of a free webinar and it's a slightly different angle again. And that webinar is happening. If you are listening the week this uh, podcast goes live, this webinar is happening this week. So uh, the webinar is called 2021 Teacher Resilience Revolution, Five Steps to Build Your Resilience. And it will be happening on Saturday, the 23rd of January at 1 p.m. Queensland time or a, a, a second um, time option for you, Monday, the 25th of January at 6 p.m. Queensland time. And yes, there will be a replay if you if you sign up, but you can't make it to either of those. But it's going to be a very limited time replay because in my experience, when I make something available for teachers for free forever, you never get around to watching it, which is really interesting. Whereas when I say the deadline to watch it is this date, everybody jumps in and watches it before it expires. I've been doing some subtle experiments on you over the last three years with the with the free content that I put out um, in the world. And if you give me your email address in exchange for something that's available all the time forever, you never get around to watching it or you watch the first five minutes and stop. And I'm sure you have every intention to come back and watch the rest of it later, but you never do. Isn't that interesting. I think that's a topic for another day. But anyway, that is why the replay will only be available for a short period of time. So, if you want the replay, you will have to make time to watch it in that window. And I do honestly believe that this is a webinar that every Australian teacher needs at the start of 2021. So, please do come along or watch the replay. I will pop a link uh, in the description below, but also you can go to selfcareforteachers.com.au forward slash webinar. Stop and do that right now so that you get access to this great content. And I really do want it to be really actionable. It'll be about 90 minutes. Uh, I will absolutely be sharing at the end of it ways that you can take the next step with me this year and work with me in the Resilient Teacher Group Coaching Program, which is open for enrollment right now. Uh, but we do start at the end of January. So again, short time frame. You have to take some action. Otherwise, you will miss out and have to wait till the next round. But it's not going to be a, you know, a webinar full of the pitch for that. It's going to be actionable, uh, really actionable strategies that you can be proactive and practical with this year to actually apply in your life and build your resilience and maintain your resilience throughout the year, knowing that hard shit happens, right? <laughs> Crises happen. Well, pandemics are not over yet. We, you know, we very much know that teaching is not a career. We very much know that challenges are going to face us and we need to be uh, replenishing our internal resources all the time so that when they happen, we've got something left in the tank to just face them. So, that's what this webinar is about. I'll tell you again, it's called the 2021 Teacher Resilience Revolution, Five Steps to Build Your Resilience This Year and uh, sign up ASAP because otherwise you'll miss out and it won't be available anymore. Uh, And like I said, the Resilient Teacher Group Coaching Program is also open for enrollment right now. So, you can head to selfcareforteachers.com.au forward slash resilient teacher or click the link below in the description as well. If you want my one-on-one support, it's the most affordable way to work with me this year and it's going to be a fantastic group, I think, going forward into 2021. Without further ado, here is the 
recording of my Instagram live conversation all about the difference between proper preparedness and preparation as a teacher versus the glorification of overwork. Enjoy. I'm talking to you today about glorification of overwork versus proper preparation and planning. Um, And, you know, it happens every year. We see this conversation every year when there are posts online in teacher groups on the teachergram about people going into school or or being at home but doing um, prep work for term one for the year. Um, And then there are also people on the other side of it who are – not doing that they're they're you know being maybe stricter about their boundaries around when their holidays are or they're just not ready yet to go back to thinking about school and we still you know here in Queensland we don't have that much time we've only got a week or so left until school starts but I know in other states there's a couple of weeks left um, I've been seeing these posts since the, pretty much the first of January um, people talking about having been in their classrooms from the you know on on the teacher gram from the first of January and the thing that I'm noticing is that there's, I think there's shaming on both sides of this conversation and there's also people who are feeling shamed by posts um, that they're seeing on both sides of this conversation and I think there's a lot of nuance here and there's a fine line and that's the conversation I want to have. I don't actually want to really have the conversation about whether or not you should be um doing work in the holidays, like there is two schools of thought on that basically. And some people feel like for them personally, they need to do some work in the holidays to be organized, to help manage their anxiety. I've certainly been in that situation where I knew there was big, um, you know, like a school musical term. And I just knew if I wasn't organized with my lessons well in advance, then, um, there was like it was going to make the term so much more difficult than it needed to be. Um, and there are also people who just enjoy the kind of setting up the classroom feeling and the decorating and all of that, and they're doing it not because they feel like they have to but because they want to because they enjoy it. And there are also people who are just absolutely uh, needing the such a break from school that they, they really don't even want to think about um, doing schoolwork. And there are also people, and I've been in this situation as well myself, who have a job for term one, but they don't yet have access to logins. You know, <laughs> I've been in that situation where you you don't even get a school computer with login access until day three of term. Like you you start on the back foot because you 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 physically are unable to do any work because you haven't got access to the you know the planning documents or the other resources or whatever. Um, and that's really awful. And so then when you, if you've been through that and then you now are at the same school or whatever, you have the ability to do some planning and get ahead, then you want to do that because you know how stressful it is to be on the back foot and the other end of things where, you know, you get given the school laptop on day three um, and you've already been running classes for a couple of days with, you know, no access to curriculum documents or whatever. Um, so, you know, there's there's two schools of thought on this. And that's okay. <laughs> I think we just need to accept that some people will want to do some planning. Some people won't. Some people will want to be in their classrooms. Some people won't. That's not really the conversation I want to have today. The conversation I want to have is that fine line between proper planning and preparation and, and, and planning and preparation that is 
um, deliberately for yourself to be ahead of the game to make sure that, you know, you you are um, helping to manage your anxiety or other mental health or just managing workload during the term. I totally get that and I think that's fair and reasonable and there's nothing wrong with that. And we need to acknowledge that there is a fine line between that and the glorification of overwork that happens in our profession. There are, There is a culture in our profession of wearing busy and exhausted as a badge of honour. And the thing that I think is going on at the moment, and again, it happens every year, but I, I do see a slightly different flavour in the conversation this year that just from what I'm witnessing in the teachergram, and I'm not in teacher Facebook groups anymore for my own mental health, but um, I'm witnessing a slight shift maybe in the in the conversation around this um, this year is I think there's more people acknowledging that when they used to do this kind of stuff, it was actually overwork for them. And then the the posts that are perhaps coming across as shaming to the people who are doing the, the extra prep or the classroom decorating or whatever are actually coming from a place from people saying, oh, my God, I used to do that and I now see that it wasn't coming from a for, – for me personally, it wasn't coming from a place of I just want to make sure that I'm organised for the term because that's, you know, important for my mental health. It was coming from a place of look at me, look at me, I'm, I'm you know, going over and above, I'm such a martyr. That's what I'm witnessing. I'd love to hear whether you're seeing this. And, again, I'm I'm seeing that there are also posts from people saying – hey, I'm just doing what's right for me. I'm not casting any judgment on anyone else. Like just because somebody posts about doing something that's different to the way you're approaching the start of the new year doesn't necessarily mean that it's shaming. And I also think we have a problem in in society in general, (laughs) not in the teachergram, but just like in society in general, we have a real problem with just letting other people do what they want to do and not taking it um, personally. Like this is something that I personally have experienced a lot as a non-drinker most of my life. Um, people get offended when I choose not to drink at parties and I'm not casting any judgment on them because sometimes I will have a drink. Like I'm not a, I'm not 100% teetotaler, but um, it's, a, it's just a funny thing where people, oh, you're doing something different to me, you must be shaming me. No, I'm just making a choice for me, right? And I think there's a lot of that going on, but we're getting um, triggered within the within the both sides of this conversation, the people who want to do planning and classroom setup and whatever, and the people who just still need a couple of weeks of holidays and can't even think about it, um, or who don't don't have access to their school or keys or computers or whatever. Um, I think what there there's two things going on there. There's the people who are taking it personally when that post wasn't it wasn't shaming anyone making a different choice. It was just saying this is what I'm doing for me. Like I'm choosing to do some planning because it's good for my mental health to be ahead of the game or because I know, you know, I've got this new role or there's a musical or there's some extra thing happening this term that I know is going to take up my time and I want to be able to devote to it. So I'm just getting my classroom, you know, my regular lessons organized for my mental health. And then there are people who are saying, I'm not doing any planning because it's for my mental health to have a proper break. And both sides are getting offended by the other when neither was shaming anyone. But there are shaming posts out there. I've seen those as well, and I think that's the conversation about the fine line between the glorification of overwork and the just proper planning and preparation. And and 
you know, I think we also need to recognize and acknowledge that we create culture in small, like how does culture get created? Like I said, we have this culture in education. We do have a culture, and I'm not saying this is everyone posting on Instagram, but we do have a culture generally in education of a glorification of overwork and of wearing busy and exhausted as a badge of honour. Like that's real and that gets created little by little every day. One of the things that I think COVID has done for us, not not um, not necessarily from a good place because we wouldn't want a pandemic um, if we got to choose it, but it's forced us to stop going to work sick because that's something that teachers used to do a lot because it is easier if you're not that unwell, you just have a bit of a cold, to rock up and keep, you know, soldiering on um, rather than write a lesson plan for a relief teacher and stay at home um, and then pick up the pieces when you get back. Like, but, but COVID forced us to stop doing that, which was actually an unhealthy thing anyway, um, and it was only when we had a global pandemic that we had to stop doing that um, because we do have this, this underlying culture of wearing the busy and exhausted as a badge of honour. And that's not to say that, I mean, like, to, to do a good job, because it is nuanced and it is a fine line, to do a good job, you are likely to be fairly busy and there are going to be times in the term where you're pretty damn tired. Like, so it's not to say that the opposite of that is just cruisy and feeling great and tons of energy. No, that's not, like the workload of teaching is still going to be huge, but th- there is a nuance to that and the, I suppose, the energy behind the way we talk about our work can be, yeah, I acknowledge that I'm pretty busy and pretty exhausted right now and that that's not ideal compared to, oh, my God, look at me, I'm so busy and I'm so tired and and therefore I'm a good teacher. I think it's that piece about being a good teacher that is behind some of these sort of senses of being shamed by people's posts Um and that's the conversation that I wish we would have more because one of the things that I have seen on, on the, the glorification of overwork side of things is people posting about their classroom setup or their classroom decorating or whatever, um, you know, prep they're doing, but particularly the visible stuff, particularly the look at my classroom setup. Somebody posts one of those, look at the results of my, you know, classroom setup. And a bunch of people underneath say, oh, my God, you're such a good teacher. When we know that the decorations in the classroom is not what makes the teacher, but then when I'm not necessarily seeing that response for people who are saying, I'm doing some prep for my mental health or I'm doing no prep, I, you know, I'm having another week of holidays where I'm just not even checking anything to do with school for my mental health, when I'm not necessarily seeing the that's good teaching, good on you for being a proactive teacher, not seeing those responses and I think that's something that our culture within education it's we are reinforcing with every post and every comment um a culture either way I hope that makes sense we reinforce with with our posts ourselves and the comments that we leave on other people's posts the culture that we want to create and um if we want to create a culture of proactive prepared you know excellent teachers in in the classroom who are also healthy, uh, healthy, happy, balanced people outside of the classroom, then I'd love to see more of those, oh, my gosh, you're such a good teacher, on posts about the invisible work, which includes the invisible work around 
teaching and learning, but it also includes the invisible work around doing our own self-care, our own mindset stuff, around unlearning those busy and exhausted as a badge of honour attitudes. I would love to see more conversation about that and because at the moment what I'm seeing is just kind of either shaming from both sides, you shouldn't be working in the holidays or you shouldn't be uh, not doing anything in the holidays because you won't be prepared, shaming from both sides or people feeling shamed when they 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 weren't necessarily. It was just a post that they saw where somebody said, hey, look, you know, I've had a lovely, I've spent a lovely day decorating my classroom and I'm not necessarily saying you should have been doing that too. I'm just saying this is what I did for me because I enjoy it. Um, does that make sense? I'd love to hear your um see in the comments if you agree or don't agree. I can see there's a few of you here online, Amy and Jess um, and Carly. I think it's something we should be discussing. And I also think we, what I'm seeing is that acknowledgement from some people that um, when they're saying, whoa, look at all these teachergram posts about being working in the holidays, what they're actually saying and maybe between the lines is, I used to do that too and it wasn't healthy for me and that's why I'm having such a strong reaction to it now because I can see that when I did it before, it was actually coming from a place of martyrdom and overwork and feeling like I had to be working all the time to prove that I'm a good teacher. So Amy says, yeah, totally agree, seeing lots of the judgment. I'm so, I am I feel like th- that's the shift this year for me. Like This conversation has always happened. There's always been one side or the other. But I feel like for me this year the shift is the judgment that I'm seeing from both sides about the actions of people doing the essentially the opposite. Um, and there doesn't need to be that judgment. And I think that comes down to, again, this broader society thing of being unable to detach other people's actions from judgment on us, like just assuming that if somebody's making a different choice, they're judging our choice, which they're not necessarily. But there is, I think, a, a greater conversation happening now around people, you know, teachers acknowledging that wasn't healthy for me. And I'm not necessarily saying that people who are working in the holidays, like I've had a couple of coaching sessions, like a couple of coaching clients this week who are being really proactive and, and getting work done this week in the holidays which which is coming from a place of I don't want to overwork during the term. I want to be healthy. I want to be proactive. I don't want to be wearing busy and exhausted as a badge of honour anymore. So, like, it almost it comes from they're doing the same action, if that makes sense, but it's coming from a different place, which is the piece where I think that's proper preparation and planning and that's that's being a proactive teacher as opposed to glorifying overwork. But you wouldn't know that if you if you just saw one Instagram post from them. You wouldn't know that that's where it was coming from. So I also would love us to, on the teacher gram, be, be creating a culture where when where we acknowledge that when we are posting, especially if your Instagram profile is public, um, not private, I think it's a different thing. If your Instagram profile is private and you've got 200 followers and they're pretty much all your teacher buddies, if you have a public Instagram page, and especially if you have thousands of followers, because I've seen some of these shaming posts from people with 40, 50, 60, 70,000 followers, like you have a responsibility. You are an influencer, whether you want to be or not. If, you're, if your page is public, you are an inf- influencer. You have a responsibility and you are, cr- you are creating culture on a much bigger level than somebody just popping something in their stories to their 
150 teacher friends on their private profile. Like that's a different thing. Um, but, yeah, we, we are creating culture with every post and I think it would be really good if we could, as a teacher gram, not necessarily drop all judgment because we need some level of evaluation in our own lives to go, is that right for me or not? But But acknowledge that the people who are working in the holidays, we may not be able to tell from their Instagram whether or not that's coming from a place of glorification of overwork or a place of I'm being proactive for my mental health and this is me being a, a prepared teacher. But the comments usually will, will tell you where people are coming from because if the comments are saying, wow, you're such a good teacher for working in the holidays, that to me is where it verges into glorification of overwork. Um, and also I'd love it if people would share more that when they are making that choice from a place of, I've seen a few, but not, not that many, when they are choosing to do some work in the holidays from a place of being proactive about their mental health during the term, that would be a conversation I'd be, I'd be here for, right? I'm available for that. <laughs> um, and that's, like I said, that's the conversation I've been having with my clients this week in coaching sessions because they, they, I mean, generally the people who come to me for coaching are, trying to break those habits of overwork and busy and exhaustion as a badge of honour. Um, they acknowledge and I acknowledge that the workload is still huge and there's going to be some busy and there's going to be some exhaustion, but it doesn't have to be a badge of honour. It's just coming from a different place. Love to hear what you think about that. If you are doing work in the holidays or if you're not doing work in the holidays, like what's the go deeper for what purpose are you working in the holidays for what purpose are you not working in the holidays that's the conversation I think we need to have um and I guess one more tip that I want to share before I wrap up is the fact that tracking your work hours is the most powerful well-being activity I think every teacher should be doing and you can just do it with a piece of paper there's in the freebies library um in my freebies library I think there's also one on my teachers pay teachers page I'll add it if there isn't yet um, or you can use an app like Toggle to keep track of when you're working and when you're not because it can be really easy to over but also underestimate how much you're working, especially if you're working while you're, like, watching TV or something at home, you know, you're laminating things or, you know, while you're watching TV, you think, oh, yeah, but, like, it's not really work because I was watching a movie or I was watching Netflix. When you start tracking those work hours, it it starts to make all the invisible work visible and that's very, very powerful for um, just keeping a check on that so that it doesn't become the glorification of overwork and it's actually just I'm doing my proper proper planning and preparation, I'm being proactive but not from a place of of martyrdom and overwork. So um, that's my big tip. Um, I hope that's helpful. I would love to have more of a conversation about this, so pop it in the comments, um, you know, where you stand on this issue and... um, yeah, let's let's be more transparent in our posts about for what purpose we're doing the, you know, for what purpose we're doing the, the post about working in the holidays or for what purpose we're doing the post about not working in the holidays, um, for what purpose we're making that choice for ourselves. Is it coming from a place of feeling like you need to prove yourself with your deputy principal who, you know, if they don't see all this kind of visible evidence that you have been working, then they don't acknowledge you? Or is it coming from a place of, I just love 
having pretty things around. So I like decorating my classroom. Or is it coming from a place of, yeah, you know what, I've got this big new role in term one. I need to be ahead of the game. If I'm not on top of my classwork, then I think my mental health will suffer. You know, where is that coming from? Let's have that conversation because without it, without that context, that's where I'm seeing the the shaming from both sides because we we just see the highlight reel and then we make assumptions. Um, and I think that's especially important if you have a public Instagram page, you know, teachergram page, and especially, especially if you have thousands of followers. You are you have a responsibility and we are creating culture with everything we post and every comment as well. It is contributing to this culture that we have in schools, in education, but also in the teachergram. Um, and let's break the over the glorification of overwork while still being realistic that it's still going to be work. Um, Tilly Billy says, personally, I like to do a bit of work on the holidays so that it isn't a massive shock when I go back. Absolutely, 100%. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, and, you know, let's talk about the difference between a bit of work and, oh, shit, I spent every single day of the holidays working, you know, um, and I'm not saying that's what you're doing. But, again, it's that fine line um, and let's let's – be transparent and and open about that. Um, well, thank you, everyone. Uh, as always, remember you are a person first and a teacher second, and you are so allowed to look after you. See you later. All right, I hope you enjoyed that conversation about the glorification of overwork versus the proper preparation and being just a prepared, proactive teacher. I would love to hear your thoughts on that. So please do reach out. Um, come and connect with me over on Instagram at self care for teachers because I am having a lot of fun there at the moment and chatting with lots of you in you know, Instagram stories and DMs and that sort of thing. And I just wanted to share one final reminder if you have not yet done so and if you are listening to this before the end of January 2021, then head on over to selfcareforteachers.com.au forward slash webinar or click the link in the description below to sign up for the free webinar 2021 Teacher Resilience Revolution, Five Steps to Build Your Resilience this year. It is happening this week coming. Yes, there will be a limited time replay and uh, you won't want to miss this. I really do believe it is a webinar that every Australian teacher needs. It's content that I really think will make a difference for you uh, and I would love to see you there. And as always, remember you're a person first and a teacher second and you're so worthy of your own care. See you later. Thanks for listening to the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast brought to you by Self Care for Teachers. If you've enjoyed it, go ahead and subscribe in your chosen podcast player so you don't miss an episode. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts or Spotify, hit the three dots, share it to your Facebook or Instagram stories and let your friends know that you're listening. And if something in this episode made you think about a teacher that you care about and you think they need to hear it, send it to them now. Let's spread the message of teacher well-being and together we can create thriving school communities. Show notes for the podcast can be found at www.selfcareforteachers.com.au forward slash podcast. And you can find me on Facebook and Instagram using the handle at selfcareforteachers. As always, remember you're a person first and a teacher second and you are worthy of your own care.